Here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, educator, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hello, healthy runners, and welcome to episode three. In this episode, we are going to be talking about jump training to run. So have you been frustrated that you know you should be training in order to run, but you're not entirely sure what you should be doing? In episode two, we talked about strength training, and we got into what specific exercises you should be doing. And in this episode, we're going to be covering a topic that I didn't even get in physical therapy school when I went through PT school. Um, So they teach us the basics, but I really didn't get a deep dive into the information that I'm going to actually share with you in this episode until I started going to continuing education courses for runners once I selfishly became a runner myself at age 32. After my hip surgery um, for my labral repair, I started running and I wanted to be able to honestly help myself stay healthy and be the best runner that I could possibly be. So I took a continuing education course. So this was two full days of really getting into specifics of keeping runners healthy. And one of the areas of the course was this area called plyometric training or what we like to call jump training. And this was something that I really didn't hear a lot about um, for runners prior to taking this course. And I started to implement these exercises way back then and have shared these strategies with the runners that I've helped and worked with throughout the years. And I wanted to share these tips with you because this is an often missed area in most runners training programs that I come into contact with. And that's why I did include this as the second principle of kind of our foundation of how do you run in a healthy manner and or the spark blueprint and plyometric training is an important component. And I hope to communicate that to you in this episode, as well as give you some actionable strategies on what you should be doing in order to train and add plyometric training into your programs. So not only is plyometric training often missed in runners training programs, but it is an important component in training your muscles for the demands of running. And I hope that we're going to really outline why that is um, to improve your performance as well as prevent injuries. So why should you as a runner train plyometrically? Now, when you're running, and for those of you that are listening to while you're running, you're going to notice that every step that you take when you're running, you're you're on one leg and you're reacting to the pavement and your foot is springing back up. So what your muscles are doing is they are lengthening and contracting over and over again. So it begs the question is why not train these muscles in the same fashion that they function when you're running? So in order to make them most efficient for running, then you need to add some plyometric training into your program. So every time that foot hits the ground, your muscles lengthening and then it's contracting 
and that is called a plyometric contraction. It's where our muscles go through this lengthening phase. So when your foot hits the ground, our muscles are slowing our body weight down from smacking down on the pavement really hard. So our muscles control your body weight and gravity and your, the weight of your body, and then they contract. So they kind of shorten, contract to propel yourself forward. So you keep moving forward, right? You don't want to stay in one place unless you're listening to this on the treadmill, of course. Um, so that's how your muscles function when you run. And that is why we want to train our muscles in that plyometric fashion. So when you're doing your strength training exercises that we talked about in episode two, you usually will do what we call a concentric contraction. So your muscle shortens and then you slowly lower it down. We call that eccentric contraction. So your muscles are slowly lowering the load or the weight of the resistance, whether it's a machine, whether it's a dumbbell, a kettlebell, you're slowly lowering, that's an eccentric contraction. So plyometric is this quick phase of going from a concentric to an eccentric contraction, or in the case of running, an eccentric, because we're slowly lowering our foot as it hits the pavement, and then bouncing back into a concentric contraction. So that is why you should be adding in plyometric training into your running. Now, what are the benefits of you adding in plyometric training? So there are multiple benefits. So I'm gonna get into really three big benefits for you to add plyometric training into your programs. The first is going to be improving your running economy or your efficiency. So let's get a little sciency here and talk about muscles and what your body's made up of. So your body is made up of muscles, obviously, right? And you have two different types of muscle fibers. So we have what we call slow twitch muscle fibers, which are more of your we call those type one fibers, which function more from an aerobic standpoint, meaning you use more of these muscles when you're doing any type of cardiovascular activity for a long duration, such as running. Most of you listening to this will be distance runners, and you're using those type one fibers when you are running for any length of time that's you know greater than 30 minutes, um, if you're training, obviously, for the half marathon, the marathon, then you're using a lot of type 1 fibers. So those are the muscle fibers that you're using the majority of the time. However, when you do speed work, so say you're doing those intervals on the track, or you're doing a tempo run, or you're doing hill work, or you're doing plyometric exercises that we're going to talk about, you are going to use more of your fast twitch muscle fibers, or those are called our type two muscle fibers. We also call those anaerobic. So they're not using a whole lot of oxygen when you use them. The thing is you can't use type two fibers for a long period of time. So that's why they're only kicked in kind of for these shorter bouts of activity. So part of being efficient as a runner is the ability for you to recruit more muscle fibers because the more that you recruit, the better you can push off the ground and the faster you'll go, right? Who doesn't want to go faster as a runner? I know I do. So if you can improve your efficiency, you're going to be able to go faster at your next race. So when do you use, we kind of talked about when you use your fast twitch muscle fibers with speed work. Um, so think about if you're running that half marathon distance or the full marathon distance, 26.2, and you're at mile 20 of a full, or you're at mile 10 of a half, and you start hitting that wall. You might feel fatigued. Your muscles just can't 
you know, do what they've been doing for the previous, you know, nine or um, 19 miles, let's say, if you're running the full, then that's usually the point at which your body's saying, hey, my muscles are totally fatigued out. Now, you're going to put yourself at an advantage if you can tap in to your type two muscle fibers. So those fast twitch muscle fibers. So the more that you can tap into those guys later in your race, then you're going to actually be able to improve your running economy, be more efficient, and not lose your pace later in your race. So that's really kind of the benefit of being able to train your muscles plyometrically is that you're teaching your body how to recruit more muscle fibers. So you can tap into those type two muscle fibers later in a race. So the second main benefit to training your muscles plyometrically is that is going to strengthen your muscles and tendons. So this is like your soft tissue and we are going to be getting into soft tissue care in episode five, but here I'm talking about actually strengthening your soft tissue, so the muscles and tendons in your body, because what plyometric exercises do is they exploit the elastic properties of those tissues and they help you utilize elastic energy. So the better you are at producing force against the ground in a quick manner, so quickly, the less time you're gonna spend on the ground. So if you think of, right, some of those super fast runners, you've probably seen them before at a race, you're heading out, and I know I actually saw this um, just recently at the Disney Half Marathon that my wife and I ran because we were in um, the corral that left an hour after the race start and we're out at mile one or two and you had you know the leaders coming back already for this half marathon you know they were at like mile 12 finishing you know their race and these guys are booking it right they're running like a six minute mile so when they're running versus someone who runs let's say a 10 minute pace or an 11 or 12 minute pace the faster runner is going to be able to pop up off the ground with each step they take so they spend very little time on the ground. So they're using their muscles in a more efficient plyometric fashion, spending less time on the ground and training your muscles in that fashion plyometrically will help your muscles be able to absorb the impact of the ground and take pressure off of your connecting tendons. So think about your Achilles tendon, think about your patellar tendon, and, and that's really the reason why we add plyometric training before athletes go back to sport. So I'm sure you guys have heard of a famous athlete who tore their ACL, and before they go back in order to get back on the football field, get back on the basketball court, they are going to need to train their muscles plyometrically in order to return to their sport. And that's what we also do for our runners. If you have an Achilles tendonitis or a tendon problem in the patellar tendon, then we need to actually train those muscles and those tendons and strengthen them in a fashion plyometrically because that will help with the elastic properties of the muscles and help your muscles be able to produce the force against the ground in a more efficient manner so you're popping off of the ground, spending less time on the ground. 
the less time you spend on the ground, the less likelihood of you suffering any running related overuse injuries. So that is one of the biggest determinants for running related overuse injuries in the literature out there is if you can spend less time on the ground, you're going to get injured less. So training your muscles plyometrically will allow you to spend less time on the ground, thereby reducing your risk of injury. So the last point that I want to bring up, and it's kind of a review of the first two points, is that training your muscles plyometrically is going to improve your speed. So think about definitely for your 5K, 10K runners, absolutely, you need to tap into those type 2 fibers, and you need to train plyometrically to increase your speed. For more of the longer distance runners, for the half and the full marathon distances, you want to train plyometrically so you can tap into those muscles when your type 1, those aerobic muscle fibers start to fatigue later in the race, as we talked about before. So if you tap into those muscles, then you're going to maintain your pace, which means what? You're going to finish your race in less time. So you've increased your speed, essentially right? Or you're able to maintain, let's say you run a seven or an eight minute half marathon pace, you're going to maintain that in those last two miles, and you're not going to fatigue out. So that's really kind of that last point and benefit to training plyometrically is to improve your speed. Um, it's also going to help improve your power. So you can kind of kick it into that final stretch um, when those type one muscles fatigue out. So those are the three benefits. So now, if you're saying to yourself, okay, that sounds great, sounds great. I should be adding plyometric exercises into my program. So what are plyometric exercises, right? So if you, if you need some guidance and you're looking for some examples of jump training exercises that you can add into your programs, I do have a video that I put together of what I like to call is my level one jump training exercises for runners and you can find those right on my youtube channel you just search spark your training and you will find a video entitled jump training for running and you'll see exactly how to perform these four introductory exercises which are a nice starting point um, to getting into jump training now if you've been doing jump training before, I also have a level two program and a level three program. And I will actually link the um, videos into the show notes so you guys can get those, but feel free to shoot me a message if you cannot find them because I want you to be able to have these exercises and start adding them into your training. So now another key point is when you start adding these jump exercises into your training, you need to make sure that they are pain-free. So you should not be having any pain in your knees, in your foot and ankle, in your lower back, because you are adding more load through your body, more so than you do even when you're running. So gravity, your body weight's pushing down into the floor. There's forces that come up from the floor and go to your joints. So you need to make sure these are pain-free. And then how many of these do we do? So for plyometric exercises, you want to think less is more. So you're going to do less repetitions than you would your traditional strength training exercises. So typically someone, you know, is working out in the gym, they might do three sets of 10 to 12 repetitions, 
10 to 15 repetitions, right? That's something common that people will do. For the plyometric exercises, you wanna think six to eight repetitions. And that's where I'll usually have my runner start out. And if you've never done any jump training before in your life, start out with one set. And you're just gonna perform it one time per week. So this is not something to be doing every day, not even something to be doing multiple times a week, because if you overdo it, then you are going to get injured and your body is not going to be ready for that level of training. So adding into your program jump training, it's going to add a lot more stresses and you need time to allow your joints, your muscles, your tendons to adapt to the stresses, just like your body needs time to adapt to the stresses of running. So those are the key points that you want to think when you're implementing is pain-free, less repetitions, maybe six to eight reps. You can start out with one, two sets, usually the first week. And if all goes well, then you can build up to doing three sets of each of those four exercises and then only doing it once a week. So it's only a component of your overall training program. The other thing is you want to focus on quality. So we're really focusing on quality, not quantity. So what do I mean by quality? You want to, number one, be seen, not heard. So the opposite of this podcast right now. You are not seeing me, but you're hearing me. When you do your plyometrics, people should be able to see you in the gym doing your jumping, but they should not be able to hear you at all. And that's a function of you using your muscles to control your body weight as it hits the floor and springing right back up. So if you don't use your muscles to control that, you're going to sound loud. You're going to be like a herd of elephants. So we don't want to sound like that when we're doing our plyometric exercises. The other thing is you need to watch your alignment and your technique. It's a couple of key things or a couple of common kind of um, problems I see when runners start out adding in these exercises is tendency for the knee to cave inward. So we call that valgus alignment, especially in females um, due to the anatomy of the pelvic bones being a little bit wider than males. Females have a tendency for those knees to go in. So you want to make sure you're using your hip external rotators. So those are those muscles we talked about in episode two, which are going to help, and your abductor muscle actually, is going to help keep that knee alignment underneath your hip. And then the other thing is you want to make sure the knees are not going over the toes, so forward. So you're not really using a lot of kind of bending in the knee. We want you to actually bend in your hips, almost like if you were sitting down on the toilet, right? You're going to sink your hips back as opposed to just bending from your knees. The other thing to think about is you want to be, we said, nice and light. You want to be seen, not heard, and you want to quickly pop off the floor. So you want to think of springing right off the floor like if you had springs in your sneakers. So those are a couple of the key cues that I'll tend to give runners when they are starting out with plyometric exercises. So let's wrap up what we talked about in this episode we talked about why we should be implementing plyometric exercises. And in short, it's because running itself is a plyometric activity. So we want to train for the demands of the sport we're doing. Our sport is running. Then we talked about the three benefits. So three benefits. Number one, you're more efficient and economical as a runner. If you can tap into more of those muscle fibers and you're a little bit more efficient when your foot hits the ground, it pops right back up. You're 
Second benefit is going to be to reduce injury by strengthening your muscles and tendons. So we're really establishing that resiliency in the muscles and tendons so you do not get Achilles tendonitis. You don't get hamstring pain. You don't get plantar fasciitis. Then lastly, third benefit is you're going to improve your speed so you don't fatigue out later in races. And let's be honest, who doesn't want to improve their speed at their next race? So if any of this resonated with you, I ask if you don't mind sharing this with a runner friend that needs to hear this. So if you can share this episode with them, I would greatly appreciate it. You know what? Better yet, while you're listening to this on your phone, you could just screenshot. Screenshot it, share it within your story on Instagram or Facebook. Definitely tag me at Spark Your Training. I'll give you a shout out. Um, if you can help me be able to reach more runners with this content to keep them healthy, because that is my goal, is to be able to keep as many runners as we can healthy so they can continue training and they continue living an active life. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this either during your run or in your car. I appreciate you and love our running community. Remember, every Monday night at 8 p.m., we go live within our Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind on your schedule so you can get all of your running-related questions answered. Now head over and listen to episode three in which we will talk about the importance of adding in single leg exercises to your training so you can run more efficiently and with less injuries. Thank you again and stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you and I hope you got a lot of value out of it and I hope that becoming a healthy runner is as exciting for you as it is for me. I hope you can see that this podcast can not only benefit your running, but your overall health as well. If I said anything in this episode that resonated with you, then jump over to our free Facebook group called Healthy Runner. I give live trainings in there every single week to the hundreds of members and answer questions directly in there. And I absolutely love hearing your takeaways and your wins from this show. More on the show at sparkyourtraining.com for our latest articles, resources, and specific exercise videos I mentioned in the show. You can also head over to any of our social media accounts at Spark Your Training, where I include lots of free content for all the ideas we talked about in the episode. If you have learned anything from this podcast, I would really, really greatly appreciate if you headed over to iTunes and rated and reviewed the show, as well as pass it along to your runner friends so they can have the same ideas and tools that you have. If you have any questions, suggestions, and show ideas, the best way to reach out is through your favorite social media platform. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. So now it's time to strap in and get ready for the next episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast.